everybody, welcome back to Dennis and Friends, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world, or to discuss whether Oliver Glass now is a football manager's name or a actor's name, because it sounds like both, in my opinion. I'm Dennis, I host this show. Welcome to episode 121. Simultaneously, this is EPL Talk 25, and so you guys know who's here. Clayton Cooper is here, and we have lots to discuss today on this episode. So Clayton, first of all, how are you on this uh, fine Thursday evening? I'm doing well. Got my three-day weekend, and it's, it's all going to end on the Carabao Cup Final. So my weekend's either going to go really, really good or really, really bad. That's right. That's right. Shout out you for getting uh, promoted at work so that you can actually watch games on the weekend uh, like a normal person. <laughs> oh, I get to watch games. I just have to sit in my car and watch them. Yeah, but now you get to like be at home and like watch them, which is nice. So could be could be good or bad luck. Yeah, it could. Not a ton of stuff to talk about today. We usually do a deeper dive into the whole league, but we're going to keep it a little light today. We are going to talk about some injuries across the entire league because that just seems to be the big storyline is who's going to be the healthiest when it's all said and done. We'll talk about some uh, changes of the guard at Crystal Palace. We'll talk about some stuff at the top of the table, in the middle of the table as well. And we'll talk about some things going on around Europe as well with the return of Champions League this week and Europa. MLS is back. We'll talk about that towards the end. But first, I want to start with a little trivia for you, Clayton. Nothing too crazy, just a a little uh, guessing game as to who you think is the top five leading assist people in the league right now. There are two guys who have 10 assists and then tied for third are three dudes with nine. Can you guess who those five are? Mm. I don't like this game. My goal is to get at least two. Are they big six? Only one of them is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't. Golly, I'm going to sound like an idiot. Two wingers. Hold on. Two wingers, a right back, a midfielder, and a striker. Okay, I think I know the right back. Is it Trippier? Yes, he is the leader. He's tied Boom. in the lead. Okay. You said two wingers? Two wingers. I have to throw out a guess. I have to throw out a Chelsea guess. Is it Cole Palmer? No, it is not Cole Palmer. I don't know where he is on this list. I will try to find that. He has he, more goals than assists, honestly. He has six assists. Okay, that's not far off. Yeah, not far off at all. Give me a hint. They are currently top six. A couple of these. Musa Diaby? No, but it is one of his teammates. Oh, no. Who's the other guy? Is it Ollie? Yeah, Ollie has 10. Him and Trippier both have 10. I didn't know that. I was kind of shocked when I saw that a second ago. Ollie has 10? Yeah. Gosh. Now you got to get the three guys with nine. Midfielder, two wingers. Midfielder, two wingers. One of them is a big six team. Is it Mo? Salah? Yeah. Yes, that's one of them. The reason I didn't say him before is because he's been hurt. That's insane. He had 10 even before his injury. Nine, but yes. Nine. Yes, sorry. Was that the big six? Yes. Sorry, that was a low-key dig, but it was... <laughs> I forgot who the big six was. <laughs> uh, Matoma? Oh, good guess, but no. But there's a reason why I said good guess. Oh, it's a, it's it's the guy on the other side, huh? Or midfielder? Oh no! I this is making me feel like I'm playing immaculate grid. <laughs> Good. Today I was okay. like, listener, I literally had the hardest time. If you want to play immaculate grid, please do it. But 
if you want to sign up for a potential headache, then <laughs> you can do that as do well. That. Yeah. I give up. <laughs> okay. Matoma's teammate, Pascal Gross, has nine. Oh my gosh. And then the other one, I'm also surprised by this because he's been hurt at various points throughout the season. Pedro Neto. Okay, that might that makes sense. There's a lot but, of guys that have seven. Sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, just my brain doesn't go there. It really doesn't when I think of assists. The guys who have seven, tied for six, Julian Alvarez, Elanga, Foden, Darwizzi, Pedro Poro, and Saka. And then there's a ton of guys on six, tied for 12th. Leon Bailey, Cunha, Madison, Palmer, Sarabia, Sonny, Ward-Prowse, and Odegaard. And then it just, you know, goes from there. So you got a couple. You got two. Or you got goal. three. No, you got three. I'm dumb. You got three. That was good. my that was, okay. I exceeded expectations. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You you surpassed that. All right. Well, that was pretty fun. Let's uh, let's get going with what we're here to talk about today. We'll talk about the rest of the league here in a second, but the vast majority of this episode is going to be spent talking about a certain game happening at Wembley on Sunday, which we're both very excited about. And it's kind of interesting that here we are uh, back two years later after having this conversation two years ago this week about. Liverpool and Chelsea playing in the Carabao Cup final. And I was listening back to our episode, Clayton, from two years ago about that final and talking about what was happening as far as both of our teams in that moment because so much has changed since then. You guys were fresh off winning the Club World Cup against Palmeiras that uh, season. And that was like a week later, the Carabao final was. And we were uh, in the start of our little like quadruple hunt, which we ended up getting two of four. And I had mentioned something about injuries are going to play a big part in this game. And there was like three injuries. It was literally like Diogo Jota, Firmino, and Thiago Silva. And this year it's like quintuple the amount of that, <laughs> which is just insane. So we'll talk about that here in a second. But it's just interesting to hear that one of our first episodes ever of the show, like our third or fourth EPL talk, was about, you know, talking about this game. And here we are two years later having it again. In, completely different circumstances for both of our clubs and it's just cool that we're you know we're doing this again so let's talk about Sunday because there's a lot to digest a lot to preview let's talk about those injuries that I just mentioned there is a lot on both of our teams a lot of guys that are out also listener just a little heads up I've got the sniffles today because allergies are kicking my butt because Texas weather is the worst. The injury report is very long for both of our teams, so hang with me as I list off the names of who are out and who is questionable. For Chelsea, Reese James, who we know for a while, is out. Cucurella is out. Batty Shield just picked up an injury not too long ago. He's out. Ugo Chukwu, or however you say his name, Leslie, he's out. Lavia, we've known, has been out for a while. Fafana's been out all season. Uh, Robert Sanchez is questionable. Thiago Silva is questionable. And so is Carney Chukwameka. I imagine that if Sanchez is even healthy, that he doesn't even play to begin with. So that's the Chelsea list. The Liverpool list is longer, surprisingly, because of what's happened this week. Allison is out. Trent Alexander-Arnold out. Diogo Jota out. Curtis Jones out. Thiago out. Uh, Besetic, Matip, and Doak have all been out for a while. Mo Salah and Darwin Nunez are both questionable, and Dominic Silvaslai is a doubt. He's not officially ruled out yet, but I doubt he plays. It stinks, man. It stinks that there's so many good players on both of these lists that are out, taking away some of the quality that we could be seeing in this game um, for both of our sides. Um, obviously, everybody's dealing with injuries. 
we're both dealing with it. City's dealt with stuff this year. Arsenal's dealt with stuff this year. Villa's dealing through a lot of that right now. Tottenham is finally starting to get over their crisis. Uh, Man United has been dealing with it all season. Like everybody's dealing with stuff. So it's like, there's no excuse in that. Like you, you just have to find a way, but it does stink that all of these great players are not going to be able to play a part in the actual game. A lot of reliance on younger guys. I mean, you guys have a younger squad anyway, just as it is. But in general, there's just going to be a lot of a lot of younger guys, maybe not even playing, but like on the bench um, on Sunday, which you know is not ideal per se because we want all these like big name players out there competing in a big environment like this. So I don't know what you have to add as far as like the injury conversation goes, but again, it stinks and it's a little frustrating in my opinion. I just think it's. Like, I, I mean, as much as Liverpool have been on a much higher echelon than Chelsea, I just think it'd be really cool to see Chelsea starting 11 full strength versus yours to kind of gauge, first of all, gauge where Chelsea is, you know, against top of the league. And for Liverpool, just like keeping the momentum of like, hey, is this a serious league title winning team? Um, or is City just going to run away with it? So if fully healthy, it would have been nice to see where the both teams stand. Also, you know, with Chelsea losing 4-1 last time we played, I feel like there's a lot to prove. But I think, you know, you also have to factor in Klopp. This is his last cup final, potentially, with the team. So I think it's going to be a very, very good match. Yeah, there's a lot to take in. I want to hit back on a couple of those points that you just made uh, here in a little bit. Let's talk about lineups. The sad part is we're, we're not having to play a guessing game. Like they kind of both pick themselves in a lot of ways because of so many guys that are out. Tell me who you think is rolling out as the first 11 on Sunday for Chelsea and I'll kind of add some thoughts and then I'll do the same for Liverpool and you can add some thoughts as well. The media wants to, to make it seem like Robert Sanchez is going to get his first start back at the Carabao Cup final. I veto it. I think it should be Petrovic. There shouldn't be much change in that. Just let him play his final, and then we can start Robert after that. Um, right back, it has to be Malo Gusto, who's been, besides the Wolves game, have been very, very good since then. So I think it'll be interesting to see Diaz-Gusto matchup, potentially. I'd say right center back has to be DeSassi. Had a very, very, very solid good, Great. solid game against City. Great game. Erling who? Left center back? I feel like you have to go Colwell. Thiago Silva's hurt. Batty Shields hurt. That's your next best option. He's he's done very well. He had a shaky start. But like I said, that's kind of all you really have to go off of. Left back? I mean, it's only Chilwell. There's not really anybody you can throw in there. Maybe you could throw in Alfie, but there's no point of throwing Alfie in there. Um, maybe it's like a late sub, but you have to go chill, kid, uh, chill well. I think we're, we're going to run a four-two-three-one, like we always have, but probably the two defensive mids, shocker, Enzo and Caicedo. Um, I'm so surprised. I know. I'm so surprised too. Um, and then probably right mid, you go Palmer. But I really, I really want Mudrick to start on the left, but they're just not going to. I don't know what it is. Uh, there's a bunch of media around it that he doesn't have the brain to play in the Premier League. I don't, I don't get it. Um, so it's probably going to be Sterling. I don't think Nkunku's going to start. I could see it, but I don't think so. I think they're just going to run Gallagher at Cam and then Nico up top. I, I don't understand the Sanchez-Petrovic debate. 
I think Petrovic is far and away y'all's number one, regardless of if Sanchez comes back at all. Like the difference in like how composed and how calm y'all's defensive has been since Petrovic took over is leaps and bounds. Like it was so chaotic at the beginning of the year with Sanchez in the back. And like everybody was kind of chaotic. Like DeSassi was not great to start the year. Tiago Silva had a couple of really just blunders, you know, think about the Newcastle game, for example, where he was just awful. Grandpa as a yeah, young old man. Caldwell has had some, you know, hit or miss performances, but ever since Petrovic has gone in, he he doesn't do anything that like super stands out. He does everything well. That's what I'm trying to say. He does everything well. Like I th- I think he's really well rounded. You know what I mean? Yes, he's a good shot stopper. Yes, he's good at stopping penalties. His distribution has actually gotten a lot better the last couple of weeks because at the start it was like, Ooh, like I don't know if if, uh, if he's got it like that, but it has improved. I just think he has taken so many steps since he's you know had the confidence to be the number one guy that there's not a weakness really right now, and maybe there will be some down the line as you know time goes on. But like right now, I don't see anything that like you could exploit. Like I think about the game we played each other a month ago. Like he had some ridiculous saves ridiculous saves that kept y'all in the game until we blew it open in the second half. And I think that he's had so many performances like that, you know, throughout his time as the number one. So what I'm trying to say again, is that he does everything really well where like Sanchez does not And so I don't think there should be a debate as far as that goes. I like what Nico has done, like playing out on the left recently. I think it's been interesting because his holdup play and the way that he can like, you know, come in from behind is rather interesting. I wonder if that happens again. I agree with you. I don't think Nkuku starts, but I would not be surprised if he comes on to start the second half like he did against or at Anfield a couple weeks ago. That would not shock me. But I imagine Sterling starts because of that, which I know is not the best. He's very hit or miss. He had a great game last week, and then he'll have duds, you know, like the last time y'all played Liverpool. So those are kind of my thoughts about how y'all will line up, I, I think it's it's pretty cut and dry at this point, especially from a center back perspective, because I think you only have two or three like healthy center backs. So Caldwell and like DeSassi have to start, right? And Chile and Gusto have to start. And the midfield unless, all has to unless start. Unless you want to literally see the pre-K kids roll out there. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, I, I've been very impressed by Petrovic. Very impressed for a guy who came over from MLS, mind you. Like this is a guy who was in New England, like in the summer, and has stepped in and done a really great job um, at one of the biggest clubs in the world. So um, kudos to him, and I, I, told, I, I like him a lot. You did. You did. Yeah. That's up there with my Fulham take from last year. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The, the, the things that we can be right on or what we can hold on Sign to. Sign right? me up to the scouting committee. I am the next scouting advisor right here. Well, first you have to go get hired at Brighton, and then you can get hired at Chelsea. That's yeah, I get path. signed to Brighton for free, and then they take me away for $60 million. <laughs> It doesn't matter what position you're in, whether you're a player. And then, we get, then we get messed up by FFP. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're a player or the club dietitian, Chelsea's just taking everybody away from Brighton. All right, uh, so Liverpool lineup is very chalk as far as like what happened earlier in the week. Kelleher was going to start this game regardless of whether or not Allison was hurt just because he's been the the Carabao keeper the last few years. So going back to two years ago, Kanate and Van Dyke both start at central defense, obviously. Um, Connor Bradley absolutely starts at right back. No question about it. He's been incredible. Oh my gosh. Left back is where I'm really interested because I thought that, I really thought that Gomez was going to 
I love Kwanzaa, dude. Chill out with the Kwanzaa stuff. Like, I I really like him, but I, I really I, thought you were gonna say Kwanzaa. I really want Kwanzaa to start. I I, I think he's a year away from playing the big games. He's almost there, right? But he's I, literally Giraffe Junior. He may he's more like Virgil Junior, really. Like he's got the same build as Virgil. I just meant like high, he's skinny. Like he is skinny. Skinnier. Yeah. So that's why a, I said more Giraffe. Yeah, he's got he's got to beef up a little bit. So Gomez started on Wednesday against Luton. And I thought it was going to be Robertson or Simicast now that they're both kind of back. And I know that they're both like building back up to fitness. So I understand why they didn't. But that makes it really interesting as to who makes the most sense at the left back spot. I think it needs to be Gomez because he's been really good filling in at that spot. He's had his best defensive performances playing at left back. I mean, both left and right back. He's been really good for a guy who... I had a lot of doubts over the last couple of years of whether or not he'd be back at this level, but he's right back at it. Um, I just don't think Robertson, as much as the experience factor, I think is a big deal, like I talked about two years ago, I don't think he should be starting. Um, I think he would be great off the bench because obviously he can whip in crosses and play make and you know, run in behind the defense and all that. But I just think for defensive purposes, especially for that matchup against Colt Palmer, specifically like I, I expect Gomez to be there um and to you know do the best he can and and hold it down a left back the midfield picks itself Gravenberch Endo and McAllister which honestly has worked out pretty well because Endo kind of helps uh McAllister like move up a little bit more uh than he usually does when he's you know having to play back as the six or, or they could both play as like a double six but it, it gives McAllister the freedom to kind of go up and down a little bit more which has been really great and grabber merch has improved the last couple of weeks uh, which is good and then the forward line is really interesting because i think if salah is healthy i think he starts diaz and gakpo obviously start no question but if there's a little bit of doubt about salah's fitness then i think elliot plays again and we have the same starting 11 that we did on wednesday against luton that would not surprise me but i think if salah's up for it i think he's going to find a way to to get in there. And I think Darwin will be back. I think, um, I'm not fully confident. I don't have like big sourcing on that. Like Twitter people, Liverpool Twitter people have not said anything about that yet, but I imagine that he's back at least on the bench. I would be shocked if he starts, but that's, that's where I'm thinking as far as like our, our peeps go. And I don't think Sabosli makes it back either. So with the inclusion, if I, if I'm right, if the inclusion of Salah and Darwin happens, then, just a couple of the kids are are not on the bench, like a McConnell or a Dance or Downs, whatever his name is, or a Kate Gordon or the the really young children will probably not make it on the bench. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at as far as where the team is. I don't know what you have to to add to that, but it's pretty cut and dry because of you know ten starters being out essentially. Yeah, I could have made a call for you. Um, I could have called Brighton to bring back James Milner for the match to play at left back, but <laughs> I think that yeah, I think that Gomez is very capable of playing on the wing because he's still pacey and he's strong and physical. And I know he's played a little bit of right back some in previous years. I think that I think y'all are fine defensively, honestly. I hope so. I really do. Endo being back has been big in, as far as like helping neutralize uh, things in the back just because he, he's our samurai. He's our he's our man back there holding it down in front of the back back four. So all right, man. Well let's let's talk about how we think this game goes. I, I I'm not as like confident 
as I was two years ago about how the, the game's going to go. I, I have no idea. I, I genuinely have no, seriously, I genuinely have no idea. Because of our injuries, you guys have been on a much better form since we last played each other at the end of January. And you guys have a consistent starting 11 for the most part. And you have key guys back, like Nico's back. He didn't play in January. That's a big deal. Malagusta didn't start that game. And when Gusto came on in the second half, y'all looked a lot better. So it's a lot more even in my eyes, personally. But I want to hear your take first as to how you think things kind of plan or pan out. I don't think it goes extra time. I want I, I want to have faith in this team. I really do. But every time I've told you, hey, we're back, it's it's terrible. Next game is always terrible. Do I think we've been in better form recently? Absolutely. Do I think that this is kind of like the Man City game is like, I hope it's like a catalyst for games to come. Because like I said, it's that's two draws against City. I don't think any, any team's gone unbeaten against them yet. Because obviously there's some teams that still need to play them. But it's, it's a huge boost. Um, and like I said too, it's always hard to play at Anfield. I don't care who you are. Even for your city, it's it's a hard place to play. Obviously, we kind of got unlucky with the first game of hearing Klopp leaving and the new stand opening. <laughs> I think we weren't ready for that. <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be extra time. I think there's actually going to be a winner, you know. Okay, in, well, that's good. In normal time. I meant like in normal time not extra. i was thinking about this earlier because i i put down in my little like notes it doesn't benefit definitely doesn't benefit liverpool to go to extra time but then i thought about it i was like i don't think it benefits y'all either because <laughs> we talked about it uh when we were texting earlier in the week about how uh pochettino his subs in the city game were not great right so like that bench is not going to change much if any um uh, from the game last week and so i don't think for either of our teams it is of good benefit to play another 30 minutes after the initial 90 because you're going to have children playing <laughs> or you're going to have, you know, the, the core guys out there having to deal with the risk of getting injured. And both of our squads are pretty thin. There has to be a winner at normal time. If there is, if we go to extra time, I'm just going to lose all my hair. Like it's just going to be insane. If we go to penalties, I'm shaving my head. <laughs> I'll not actually, not actually. I'll hold you to it. I'll hold you to it. No, more. I said not actually. I said not actually. <laughs> I guess I knew. I I have a feeling. I, you know, there's that slight feeling where it's like, I don't want it to go there, but it's going to. And knowing the history of, you know, our matchups, I mean, that game a couple weeks ago was the first time there was not a draw in a Liverpool-Chelsea matchup in years. In years. It's like COVID. Yeah. Which was it's, crazy. And Chelsea won at Anfield by right. a Mason Mount goal. Which is insane. That there was like a two or three year stretch where it was just draws, 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 draws. Even in two cup finals, draw, draw. I hope it doesn't end up like that. I do think that this game is going to be way more open than the game at Anfield. I think you guys are going to not be as defensively concise at the at the start because that's kind of how the game started at Anfield is that you, you guys weren't in a low block per se but it was a little bit more structured trying to keep the shape together trying to limit uh, chances for Liverpool as much as possible um, and then obviously it opened up in the second half with substitutions and just how the game went I don't think that happens I, I genuinely think the game is open from the get-go because of the stakes it's a trophy obviously we've talked about or we dedicated a whole episode about Klopp already and i want to give you space to 
share thoughts about Klopp uh, from your perspective here in a little bit, but there's that factor of like, this is one of the last chances to win a trophy in the Klopp era. For you guys, it's the chance to win a trophy despite what's been a really hard year and a half for Chelsea. A really strange year and a half because of all the changes and the fact that you guys are sitting in the middle of the table, which is not what Chelsea is known for, for sitting in the middle of the table. And the fact that there could still be a trophy at the end of this would be a huge accomplishment in so many ways. I think it's really fascinating. And obviously, like we've talked about, the injuries make it even that much more fascinating. But I think we're going to have a much more open, much more end-to-end style of game, which I don't know who that benefits more, to be honest with you. Because I think both of our teams are pretty good in transition, really. Like, you guys are are really good in transition, uh, especially with Palmer, kind of like playing the strings that way. Like, last week, the goal happened off a transition play. Liverpool has been one of the best transition teams in the world the last few years. Not last year, obviously, but before then, and even now this year, kind of having more dynamic midfielders. So again, I I think it all evens out in some ways. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to the goalies. Um, If Petrovic continues to play at the level that he's uh, been at, I think that's a a big key. And also if Kelleher uh, steps up and, you know, is able to obviously not replicate Allison's form because Allison is Allison, but like at least play at a high level and, you know, make saves when he needs to and distribute the ball well and all that. So I think it's going to be way more entertaining than two years ago. Cause I, I remember the care about final two years ago and it was kind of boring. I'm not going to lie to you. Like there was a couple missed chances. There was the VAR call on Lukaku, uh, which that was a whole mess. And then, as extra time went on, it became more of a slog. Again, I just don't think that happens. I think we're going to have a, a pretty uh, back and forth match for the first 90. And hopefully it just is the first 90 and there's no more after that. So that's what I think. Let's predict. Ready to go. 3-1 pool. Wow. Okay. I, I'm shocked you didn't say your team. I know the script. <laughs> just like the Super Bowl episode, I know the script. Fair enough. If you have it, that's fine. It's very similar to the Chiefs. I mean, Taylor Swift is there. She's going to win. Klopp's leaving. They're going to win. But the one thing, this is kind of going to prelude to what I'm going to talk about Klopp. I wanted to take a moment to talk about this. Like, do I think my team has still has a chance to win? Yes. Yes. You have to be realistic. Yes. But the media has done so much for Liverpool lately. And, like, this isn't a dig at y'all. This is just media being media. We've had 12. At one point, we had 13 to 14 injuries. They didn't say a word, but Poole has Trent. You lost Trent, Allison, in like a week span. End of the world. The the coverage from England specifically, like Sky Sports has you know, made this a huge deal, which like, yes, it's a huge deal. But like United, for example, I, I don't like bringing up United, but like, uh, United had like half of their team out. They didn't have a, a freaking center back for what felt like a month. They had to play Johnny Evans, you know? And like you just mentioned, like you guys have had Reese James out for so much of the year and so much of the defensive guys have been out for much of the year. And it's been a lot of crickets. So I, I get your point. Um, it's, it's yes. just stupid. Like what, like sky sports, TNT, like even ESPN FC has been kind of digging at that too. Like, who cares, man? Everybody has stuff. Everybody has injuries. Like, stop posting Every, about it. Yeah. So our injuries, they'll be like, "Hey, look how much money is on the bench." 
That's what they do for us. Right. And it's like, we can't control that. It's just absurd. And that's my one rant that I will have because it's like, do I think Klopp leaving is a big deal? Absolutely. I don't have to deal with him in the cup final for another however long, you know, ever. And so it's just, I just thought it was just disgraceful that there's no, there's a definitely a bias. And obviously I'm not going to say that affects the game, but it definitely, and even, I mean, there was what Klopp said where he said, y'all were the underdogs. That's not true. That was funny. You're, I'm not going to lie. You I was are like, top you, of the league. Yeah, and I was you're like, what are you underdogs. talking about? Like, what he, he's right about, it's going to be more tricky. He's 100% oh, right about that. I 100 yes. the, the first part, I completely disagree with. You beat us 4 1 at home, and you're now all of a sudden the underdogs. End of end of tangent. But, like, what in the heck are we talking about? It's the mind games, bro. I mean,. Like we talked you about, you saw on, how Pep's mind. That's games what I'm saying. Went. Yeah, we, we talked about it on Twitter earlier today. Like Pep, same thing last week. Look what happened. Draw, big, uh, big result. There we can't me. draw. We cannot draw in a cup final. That is also very true. Unless you want to like hold the trophy up together and just co-champions after ninety. I'm down. Honestly, we, no, we, no, that would be so corny. <laughs> no, that I'm, would definitely. You could just totally see us after we win, like for the next pod after the game reviewing it. It's just a picture of us like. <laughs> oh, man. Just that, that would not be good. High quality meme potential there, to be honest with you. Oh, man. I'll say, I'll say 2-1. And I say that because I think you guys take the lead um, in the first half. Because I don't think Salah starts. Like, realistically speaking, I think Harvey's going to have to start. But I think when Salah comes on, if he's, you know, if he's available, then obviously that makes a big difference. And we're a second half team anyway, which is just insane. First halves most of the year, we've been horrible. And so the comeback will happen then. Again, I don't think it benefits either of our teams if we end up playing extra time. So I hope that doesn't happen. But again, it would not shock me because it's a neutral site that we end up, you know, falling short because neutral sites have not been kind to us lately like we've had the two cup finals against y'all which were not entertaining games a champions league final two years ago that was horrible horrible to watch uh, painful to watch so hopefully we get a little bit of uh, good fortune there but we'll see what happens so all right that's a good good place to end um, that discussion i'm excited it should be fun listener if you don't know where to watch it espn plus get a free trial get a subscription or just buy a month like I have and cancel it as soon as the game's over. Or just come to Terrell and you can watch it here. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be a lot of blue in the room. I mean, if I didn't have to stay home with my sister Sunday, I would definitely drive out and watch it with you. But you could come over here and watch it with me. Anyway, uh, we can talk about that off camera. It's fine. All right. Uh, you kind of alluded to it already. And like I mentioned before, we spent a whole episode on it, but I w- really am curious to hear, because we've kind of talked about it over text a little bit here and there since it happened. You're the first neutral perspective on Klopp on the show, so I want to hear your thoughts about him leaving, the future of Liverpool, the future for him, You know who steps in and, and takes over, all those different things from a non-Liverpool fan perspective. Ready, go. First of all, I'd like to say, thank goodness... I don't have to face him anymore because the dude is, he's an, he's a mastermind. And like, 
whenever, like, even as a Chelsea fan, when I got that notification, I woke up to that notification, like, my heart sank. It's just one of the prominent names, you know, household names of the Premier League. You know, you have Pep. And then outside of that, I think it's Klopp. He's the next guy in current era. But, I mean, from where Liverpool was before he came, Liverpool, no offense, Dennis, but it wasn't as appealing of a job as some of the other ones that were open. No, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) I know that. (laughs) And I know that he just came off of a really good Dortmund team. And, I mean, I love that Dortmund team. Batman, Aubameyang, Royce, Pulisic. team was unstoppable. Pulisic wasn't there when he was there. He was a little no, bit. No, not not when. What was, was it? Dem- oh, I'm thinking of Dembele. It was the Dembele. Uh, Hummels was there. Lewa was there. I'm pretty sure before Lewa he went to Munich. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lewandowski. But yeah, but just just that team was more appealing, and that's the team that you stay with. Kind of weird little side note. I think it's very comparative to what Leverkusen is with Chevy Alonso. I think it's very similar situation. No, I mean, I I admire him. He's one of those guys where it's just like, do you hate facing him? Absolutely. Do you hate his guts when you're playing against him? Absolutely. I despise that man when I play against him. But at the end of the day, you have to respect him. You do. You know, he's brought a lot of good things to Liverpool. He's brought a bunch of good things for the Premier League, especially y'all's Champions League run. It's uncanny in in the slightest. I just think that he just brought a lot to football in the Premier League. And he left his mark, and I think he's he's cool. <laughs> End of podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Clayton, Clayton ends, ends the episode by crying. Just kidding. I do appreciate that most of the response from non-Liverpool people has been, you know, respect. The only people that I've seen, like, like not actually people that I know, because all the people that I know, like, have all said the same thing, but like people on the internet, most of the people have been respectable. The the exception has been like Man United and Arsenal people, which is like par for the course, baby. Par for the course. World Champions League. So Sorry. dumb. At Trey United, the worst Twitter account in existence. Gosh, I hate that guy. No, the Gunners ones. Or <laughs> delusional. Not you, Connor. Uh, you're not delusional. Your your fan base is delusional. Who do you think uh, steps in and becomes the new manager uh, going into the next season? Asking, I'm Una reversing you right now because this is the question that you asked me on episode 100, and I'm going to ask it to you. And I think, and I'm disagreeing with your answer. Okay. I don't think it's going to be Chevy Alonso. Okay. I think this is just weird. I want to be different. You know, I don't want to go be cookie cutter. And I mean, it is very Chelsea-esque, but I think y'all buy out Deserby. Yeah, wow. Okay. Or Brendan Rodgers. Oh, God, no. I do not need that. I mean, Chris Palace brought back Roy Hodgson, so I think it's very, very... No, thank you. Or Saudi Gerrard. Talk about Saudi Gerrard. Oh, thank you. No, thanks. I'd rather have Deserby. No, because he's he's the coach of Al Etifak. Oh, uh, you want to also hear something funny? Sala celebrated Gerard's slip. Why? Because it was against y'all. And he played for us during that game. It's just funny because I watched it and someone was like, hold up, Sala's, <laughs> Sala's celebrating Gerard's slip. Oh, I don't know that. Well, Sala did what Gerard couldn't do. Win a Premier League for Liverpool. So. And he also didn't slip. So, interesting. Okay. 
I, I really like the Zerby. I, I think he'd be great. I'm growing more and more towards the idea of Thomas Frank, personally, because I'm really intrigued by how Brentford is going to be after they sell Tony in the summer. I mean, they already brought in his replacement. And Thomas Frank just gives off very similar vibes to Klopp as far as like culture goes. What does that mean? Hansi Flick. No, I don't want Hansi Flick. He's going to go back to Bayern uh, if they don't hire Alonso. Um, I also... Here's a, a name that I haven't thought about until recently. And that's only because... I just don't know if he would leave for such a huge job right now. Rob Edwards, loot manager, same vibe as Thomas Frank in a lot of different ways on like a very small budget. I'm very curious to see how he would do at a bigger club, but I just don't think that it's it would be right for him to jump from Luton to Liverpool. <laughs> like that would just be crazy. I think even if like Luton gets relegated this year, like he should just stay and keep building because I think what he's doing there is really good. But that's just a, an idea that I thought of. If things like if we're like at the point where we can't find anybody, like if we're like Spurs a couple of years ago where we had to go through like seven different people before we hired Nuno, uh, which that's what happened to them, like that would be the scenario in which I would consider Rob Edwards like very seriously, right? But I don't think that actually happens. Or Graham Potter. No, thanks. I'm honestly shocked he didn't take the Palace job. That felt like that was his all day, every day. And don't no, say Tom, like don't say Thomas Tuchel either. We'll talk about him later no, in the episode, but I don't want him in, at Liverpool. I was going to say that. I was going to say uh, that Grand Potter is probably going to go to Turkey or somewhere random. Yeah, he's going to go coach uh, Galatasaray. No, he's going to go to Seal FC and coach Jesse Lingard. Can you imagine? He should go to Saudi. Just kidding. Actually, I think Grand Potter would Potter would die in Saudi Arabia if he. Here we go. Well, good thoughts, my friend. I, I think those those were, were good uh, good opinions, very well said. And uh, going to try to savor up this uh, Klopp era as much as much as we can. So, yeah. Now you just get to go through the whole manager spiel that Chelsea's gone through the little spin cycle. Yeah, I haven't experienced that as a Liverpool fan. Yeah. So this would be my first yeah. time. Till you see, till you see your manager with that yellow Sky Sports breaking news. Or a notification from Liverpool app, club statement, click here. Right. Then, yeah, you have not lived life. No, I haven't. And I've been, I feel like I've been very fortunate in that regard. So, no, um, count your blessings. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Injuries in the Carabao Cup, fine. You can, well, you can, know, you can say a little bit about that. But coaches, yeah, count your blessings. Y'all had a good one. A win for continuity, baby. A win for continuity. All right, we're going to spend the rest of this episode kind of quick-firing on some things around the league. Um, we obviously spent a ton of time talking about our teams already. We probably won't dive too much more into Liverpool and Chelsea because we don't need to. Let's dive a little bit into the top half real quick. Let's start with United um, because they've been on a much better form recently. Rasmus has been unbelievable oh my gosh he's been amazing and who you know who also has been amazing a guy who i think should be on the plane for the euro squad this summer hot take kobe Manu. i think he's been really really solid he's just different man like he he plays such a really interesting way and kind of helps drive them forward on both ends like helps them out defensively is a good you know passer like obviously showed a clutch moment the other day um, in their game against Wolves a couple weeks ago or however long ago that was. Lots to like there with those two guys. Obviously, a lot of concerns still with the rest of the team, but at least for 
Manu and, and Hoyland, I think there's a lot to like there. What What are your thoughts about those guys? And do you think that it is enough for United to really make a push for top four despite all their stuff this year? No. Still not convinced. Like, yeah, you can you can look at their last couple matches beating Villa, West Ham, beating Wolves. Like, they've been on a really good form. But honestly, like, I was thinking about it watching that Luton game because I actually got to watch a little bit of it when I got home. If Rasmus or if Luton didn't give the ball away, that's a draw or a loss. Like, yeah, you beat Villa, who's a very good side, but when you turn around and barely beat United, then there's some, you know, there's a problem there. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot more, a lot more than meets the eye. There's still a lot of very clear problems with them that, as much as Maynu and Hoyland have been awesome, I don't think they fix all of those things by themselves. So they're great, but there's still a lot of things that need to be better. Like Casemiro has been okay since he's been back, but I mean, he's just older and it's just not the same and their defense is still not super, super great. Um, so I'm with you. I'm not buying it either. Their injury troubles are still really bad. Luke Shaw's out for basically the rest of the season at this point, which is, you know, a bummer for them because he helps them be complete in a lot of ways. And I think he may be a little bit of a doubt for the Euros um, down the line, but we'll see when we get there. Do you buy or sell this improvement on defense and set pieces from Arsenal that has contributed to their uh, kind of ferocious start to life after the winter break? Not sure. What do you think? I buy it right now in April when they go through their gauntlet. I don't. I don't think it sustains. Because when they get to April, they have to play City, Tottenham, United. They have like all the big games at the end of the season. Like I think they have the toughest remaining schedule of the three title contenders right now. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They've improved a lot. Like, and they already were a good defensive team, but Arteta, to his credit, has done a couple things to kind of help them be a little bit more solid in that regard. I think he's kind of changed how Odegaard plays a little bit. Like he's not as upfront. He's not a number ten as he was last year, he's kind of playing more as an eight similar, I guess to not to make the obvious city arsenal comparison because of Arteta. But I think he's trying to play him more like a Bernardo Silva where he's just kind of everywhere and also being able to play out wide and act as a winger and being able to be a deep line playmaker and all that. That's been really interesting. And that's been helpful for them. Declan Rice has been taking their set pieces, taking their corners, which has been really interesting. And yes, they've been scoring, you know, a ton of goals against some pretty bad sides, realistically speaking. But I don't expect, I really don't expect them to, you know, be able to do that against the likes of City. I mean, they have to go away to City. They have to go to Old Trafford. I think they have to go to uh, Tottenham Hotspur Hotspur Stadium as well. Like, they have all of these games that they still have to play. They have to go to, no, they already played Newcastle at Newcastle. They played Newcastle this weekend, but at home which that's even going to be a tough game, mind you, even though Newcastle's had a ton of crap this year. I think it's sustainable in the short term, but once they get through that gauntlet, I don't know. I think that's going to be the bigger test. And maybe that will help if they're not in Champions League because <laughs> uh, they're not looking so hot in that competition right now. Uh, looked horrible yesterday. How do you not get a shot on goal in a Champions League knockout game against Porto? Porto. Which is 
it's just so bad, man. It's just really, really bad. Inexperience. That's all it is. But I also thought this was interesting. Porto, or in the last couple of games, like in this first leg of the round of 16, PSG beat Madrid 1-0 by Kylian Mbappe goal in the 94th minute. That was the same minute that Porto scored against Arsenal. Madrid ended up winning the Champions League. Same thing with Chelsea. Porto scored against us in that leg. 94th minute goal by Taremi. We won the Champions League. Will Arsenal win the Champions League? Absolutely not. No. So stop Arsenal Twitter about tweeting all this stupid stuff. Thank you. I want them to play Real Madrid for the purposes of Real Madrid smoking them. Because they're like, oh, like, half of our team would play in Madrid. No, they wouldn't. You guys would get smoked by Madrid. Ancelotti would outcoach the heck out of Arteta. Wipe the floor clean. Okay? Calvin Phillips would be a crucial player for Arsenal. Calvin Phillips has not exactly had the best start to life at West Ham. Either, That's my so. point. For, for that alone, I want them to play Madrid. Because it would just be like the, the biggest, like, duh moment in the history of footy this year. Like, duh. They'll win. They'll win because they'll have a hat trick from Ara. Arteta Ara. Yeah. Gosh. Horrible. They have the hardest schedule, like I mentioned, of the three contenders. So, we'll see. Villa. Massive injury crisis going on over there. A lot of key guys out. Do you think that takes them out of top four? Kind of. I can see it. Especially how they played against us in the Cup, which, I mean, Cup is completely different from the league. But their run of form has been kind of eh lately. They have to pick it up quick because I know Ollie's had a really, really solid year. I think you were talking to me off the air that te- you had, he had 10 assists, right? Yeah. That, that going I back think to, he also has 10 trivia. goals. Yeah. 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 Going back to our trivia from earlier. Yeah. He has almost 20 yeah. goal contributions. Yeah. So he's got to step it up, meaning they're going to have to find ways to get results. I mean, that's for anybody trying to stay in top four. But with current form, they're going to have to step it up. Their home form has dropped a lot uh, since the year started. I mean, that game against uh, against y'all, just so lazy, so lackadaisical. They look exhausted from minute one. Um, the United game as well like didn't look that great. They need to make sure that they make their place a fortress because it was at the start of the year. Like that's what led them to beat Arsenal at home, to beat City at home and dominate City at home earlier in the year. That needs to get back to that as soon as possible, despite their obvious injuries. But it's tough when, you know, you've you've had Buendia out forever. Tyrone Mings has been out uh, forever, it feels like. And the list just kind of keeps on growing, right? Thankfully, Watkins has not been a part of that list. Thankfully, Diaby has not been a part of that list. Pal Torres just came back uh, recently. Um, but I think, was it Konza that's out, I think, for the rest of the season? Um, I think that's who it is. That's like a huge, huge part of their team. He is. Mm-hmm. So a lot more needs to be on, you know, on Douglas Luiz and on Tielemans and other guys in that midfield as well. And even just their defense in general. Um a lot of guys need to step up despite the, the gaping holes that kind of seem to be growing. But I, I hope that they continue to play as best as they can, but it's just getting harder and harder with how they play and how key those guys are in the way that they play 
it's getting harder and harder for them to, to keep up. So hopefully it doesn't change too much. All right. Speaking of Palace, like we talked about earlier, a little bit of change going on there this week. Roy Hodgson got sick last week, had to go to the hospital. Um, not anything super serious, but also decided to step down, I think earlier this week or late last week. And they hired former Frankfurt manager, uh, the manager who led them to the Europa League title a few years ago, Oliver Glasnow, who, like I said earlier uh, in the intro, sounds like an actor's name. And he kind of looks like a, a guy who would be on like, I don't know, like Euphoria or something like that. He like he looks like he's straight off Hollywood, which is just funny to me. Obviously, he has proven track record of like bringing success. Um, I don't know how quickly he can bring that success, but do you think that this was necessary for Palace to make a managerial change, even though it's obviously Roy's decision to step down? And do you think it helps them stay up? Because obviously, they're in a relegation fight as much as people don't like to hear that or palace people don't like to hear that they are in a relegation fight. So do you think that helps them or do you think that there are a lot of other problems that, you know, may be too difficult to overcome? Um, just from the managerial standpoint, I think he is the right man for the job. You know, we've seen Bournemouth in the last couple of years, you know, go up and down and have their stints in the championship. So to bring in a guy like Glasnow who's been in those situations and knows how to stay up, I think that he's the right man for the job when it comes to that. Um, like I said, it just from when we played them, what, two weeks ago, Chelsea? I mean, everything was three weeks. All the injuries were three weeks, so they're coming up on having Gahey back. They're coming up on having Eze back. I think Olise is a little bit longer because it is a hamstring injury, but – even just having Eze and Gehi back is a huge, huge thing for Palace. So I don't think it's really panic button yet. Do I think they're in a relegation battles? Like you said, yes. But there's light at the end of the tunnel for what's to come. Because like I said, and I think I, what I told you last pod, when Palace have Eze, Gehi, and Elise, they're dangerous. As long as they can stay healthy for the rest of the year, I think they can stay up. I'm with you. I don't think they're as bad as some of the other teams anyway, or as inconsistent. Um, they still have some issues defensively, obviously. And, you know, when you don't have the attackers out there, it's a big deal. I mean, I've said it since DeCore got injured. Um, they're not as good defensively when he's not around and he's not going to be around for the rest of the season. But also, Glass now is kind of a more like attack minded coach. Like, it's a little bit more modern in that way. And I think that will help, especially, you know, as a Elise. Which, in the grand scheme of things, big picture, that may help them with their transfer value because I would imagine all of those guys get sold in the summer. I, I, I don't think Elise stays, at, not even close. Like, I'm pretty sure Eze's out. Gahey's probably out too. Got to be able to kind of up their value to kind of, you know, make some sort of return on that investment and be able to flip that and bring in more players that kind of fit Glasnow's style and all that. Hopefully, he helps, you know, get their goal scoring up and play with a little bit more force offensively with Roy Roy gets it because he's old but like having to play low blocks all the time and having to be so compact can only get you so far right so hopefully Glasnow is able to provide a little bit of balance on that front the last team that we want to talk about or focus on in depth ish is Brentford uh in the sense of Ivan Tony's back and had a great debut I think he scored 
at least a goal, maybe two in his first game back a month or so ago. They still have some issues defensively, um, pretty big issues defensively, but they've also held their own. Like they held their own against City the other day until they gave up, you know, a goal off a slip from one of their defenders and, you know, were playing decently well against uh, Liverpool last week as well for the first half, especially. I think they're okay. Obviously, I've been saying that they've been okay for a while, but do you think Tony helps them kind of catapult closer to 12, 13, 14, or do they kind of stay in that 15 to 17 range? I think 12's kind of pushing it, but I would think at the it would probably be around 13 to 15. I don't think they go anywhere near allegation battle because um, I know that, you know, Tony coming off of his suspension – I just think that, you know, with all the talks circulating, I think he is the one that will make a summer move. So if he really wants the summer move that he really wants, he's going to have to play well. And I think that he will step it up because we know that pre, pre-ban or pre-suspension, he was lights out. He was kind of like the Ollie Watkins of this year. He was a goal poacher. And so I think that, and I know that Thomas Frank has done amazing things over the last couple of years. He works his little magic. And so I don't, I don't see them even getting close to a relegation battle. I agree. Especially once they get Embuemo back, once their attack is a little bit more uh, complete again, because they have to adjust right now with Wisa just coming back from AFCON. Uh, Neil Mopai has been around and trolling and doing his bits, which has been incredible. But, He's not starting every week. And, you know, now that Tony's back, they're having to rely on him a lot, obviously, because why wouldn't you? But I agree with you. I I think they're going to be totally fine. They could still use some uh, better decision-making from the back, um, but they're they're in a good spot now that that Ivan's back. And like you just mentioned, he has to play well in order for him to to get the move that he wants and also for them to maximize their value um, on how much money they could get for him. It's very obvious that he's gone. I mean, we I mentioned it a second ago, but they brought in their or his replacement from Club Bruges, I'm pretty sure, for like thirty million. Um, and he's not gonna actually play till next season. So there's just no way that he's not there's no way that he's still in Brentford next season. So it's just a matter of how well he can he play to like get to where he wants to be, which is who knows. Like it seems like it's Arsenal right now, but I mean, I feel like a lot of teams could use him. Like I could, I can name Chelsea could use him. You know, if for some reason Oshman doesn't work out, like that's a very obvious duh sort of like spot for him. I wouldn't mind him at Liverpool, but I don't think he's he's a need per se. Tottenham would be interesting. A lot of teams would be interesting for him. So we'll see what happens on that front. But they're going to be totally fine. All right, enough about the Prem. Like I said, kept a little shorter today because there hasn't been a ton. We're coming off winter break. Rapid fire real quick. Any thoughts on Champions League this week or last week since it's been, you know, round of 16 has been happening and some interesting results in some pretty mad ties so far. Dead. I know I joke about it because Chelsea's not in it, but right now it actually has you know, been. It actually dead. does feel dead. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. The Europa League has some more exciting uh, fixtures and probably will have more exciting matchups in their round of 16 when we find out tomorrow than 
I what, think the that the Europa doesn't... League, yeah, I think the Europa League final is going to be more entertaining than the Champions League final. I think at this rate, we're going to get a repeat of last year. I think we're going to get City and Inter again, which I would be fine with because Inter has been amazing. They are really good. True. I forgot that Inter has the best playmaker in the world, Kalhanoglu. Oh. He, no, he he said that. Oh, he said that? I didn't know that. Yeah, he said he was the best playmaker of all time. It said, he said it's Of him. all time? No, this year. Or this year. Okay, okay. He said it's him, then Rodri, then KDB, then Enzo. <laughs> he name-dropped Enzo. I know. Bro said Rodri is a playmaker. I mean, Rodri is a playmaker, but he's he not. He is. Like, what do you mean? He's not at that level. Like, are you yeah, kidding me? Like, the I playmaking is him, you know, hitting the ball at 200 miles an hour and it deflecting in like it did last week against you guys. And just like it did in the final last year. Well, it didn't year. deflect, though. Or did it? I don't think it did. It rolls out to him and then he boots and it. He just boots it. it. Yeah. yeah. So annoying. But it would not surprise me if we get that because Milan has been great in the league. They're probably going to run away with the Serie A title. And they're just a better team. Like They look better. They flow a lot better. They didn't downgrade at all by losing Onana and bringing in Sommer. Taram has been great paired up with Lautaro. So, again, it would not surprise me if they run the table and they end up playing City. But I don't want City to be there, obviously. But it's probably going to be them. I don't know about Madrid, man. I don't. I th- they've got a lot of injuries that I don't think it's going to be enough for them to overcome. Because, I mean, they, they're having to play many at center back, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, like, what do you want them to do, right? Like, that's not going to work against City, for example, if they play City again in the knockout ties. So, besides that, who cares? Like, I, nobody else really has a chance. You know, like people say, oh, Arsenal has a chance by default. No, they don't. Like, they're going to get creamed. Whoever by default. Bayern's probably out at this point, which kind of leads me into my point about Bundesliga. Are you ready to crown Leverkusen as the future champions of the Bundesliga, or do you still think Bayern Munich is still in it? I'm ready for Leverkusen, and I'm ready for Chelsea Youngster to come home. Musiala. I thought you were about to say Davies, but okay. Him too. Might as well. You you brought it up. Let's go. Nope. He's going to Madrid. I told you. He's going to Madrid. They're gonna Take buy him. They're gonna buy him and Mbape. We'll talk about Mbape here in a second. Bayern looks so bad right now. And part of it's because Tuchel's leaving. That just got announced today that he's leaving. Part of it is because Harry Kane has been dreadful the last what feels like since the start of the year. Part of it is Upa Meccano has been a clown, literally a clown. I'm glad Liverpool did not buy him uh, over Kanate a couple of years ago because that is, we've definitely uh, gotten the better end of that deal than Bayern has. They just look so frail right now. There's just a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that's affecting their play, like Kimmich and Tuchel have apparently had a fallout, and Kimmich is probably gone in the summer, you know, like probably. Hopefully he doesn't end up at City, but it's very possible. Um, He's going to. I hate that so much, but it's very possible. And now they want Alonzo, which is just hilarious that they're you know throwing up that signal in the middle of the title race against him and his team, which is just stupid. Like I hate that. I actually kind of hate that a lot, but whatever. I'm done with Bayern. I, I don't think they 
I think they're done in the Champions League too. If they somehow pull it out in the next or in this second leg, great. But I don't think they go past the quarterfinal anyway, unless they get a cakewalk of a draw and they're done in the league. That their run is over. Harry Kane is gonna still be trophyless, and Kingsley Coman's trophy streak is gonna end this year because of Harry Kane. So, oh, no. I'm sad. Disappointing. We talked about Serie A a little bit already. Um, you want to get this Mbappe crap out of the way now that he's officially, you know, leaving PSG and and all that. Yep, because I have some PSG news too. PSG are looking at Levi Colwell. Oh, I saw that earlier on ESPN, which is just weird. And you and Liverpool, which I don't. We've we've already done that. We we went through that last summer. No, we well, and we'll give you Lavia for forty million. I, no, I'll, you can give us Lavia for free, and I, I I don't know if I'd take him. Okay, it's not like you were obsessing over him earlier in the year when you were looking to sign him. I mean, I wasn't obsessing over him, but it would have been nice. But looking back on it now, we wouldn't have Enzo or Endo, not Enzo, Endo, our samurai. Well, so. Y'all got the wrong one. Yeah, it would have been nice to have Enzo too. FSG was like, we want him. Oh, that's the wrong one. The wrong one. It would have been nice to have Enzo too. But that's two years ago, us. Anyway, yeah, PSG want him. They want Ushiman, and they want somebody else that I'm Leao. Leao, thank you. I think that happens. I genuinely think that happens because it's the vibes with him and Milan right now are so off, and that kind of fits his style. He's not a pressing winger. Like he's very bad defensively. He doesn't track back super well. Very uh, Marcus Rashford vibes in a lot of ways, and that kind of fits PSG. So let him go there. Oshiman, who knows? I I genuinely have no idea. I mean, I feel like he's going to end up at Chelsea if I had to put money on it right now. But I genuinely have no idea. But layout makes a ton of sense. You're been the house on it. I already put the house on it. Did you tell Aubrey that? Oh, I did tough because I mean, he's literally in constant contact with Mr. Obi Michael. You know who I'm talking about? I forgot his name. That sounds so bad. No, I'm talking about former Chelsea player, not Drogba, the other guy, the other guy, the Nigerian guy. Yeah, 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 Mikel and Drogba. So, and we literally have African pole. Like, when you think of every African striker, they said their idol is Drogba. Or Eto. They both played for us. Eto played for y'all for like five minutes, but sure. Did he put on a shirt? Yes. <laughs> Literally five minutes, but okay. But the Drogba point still stands. Longer Spe- than Corey Kluber was a Ranger. Speaking of Africa, AFCON, Ivory Coast won. Surprised? Not shocked? Hmm. They were the host nation, so it's not that surprising to me. And I, I'm really happy that Hilaire got the winning goal, especially after all he's been through. Same here. I agree. Right now, it's either you can't really go wrong with either Cote d'Ivory or Nigeria. Just a lot of a lot of weird stuff that happened in that tournament, too. Like, Morocco got out so quickly. Salah got hurt. Salah got hurt. South Africa made it such a deep run. A lot of, lot of wacky, wacky stuff. Uh, Senegal didn't go far either. I think the Asian Cup was way, way more wacky. That was also very wacky. I mean, we had, what was it, Qatar and Jordan in the final? Yeah. So, so random. 
three penalties in the final. So random. So I mean, South Korea and Japan losing at, when they did was such a shocker. Japan, I would have put money on Japan to win. I, yeah, especially same. after the World Cup that they had. Yep, and then South Korea, you know, right there with them, and then you know the stuff with Sun, like uh, dislocating his finger because of the argument that he had with somebody out there, like weird, weird stuff. This is what happens when you have international uh, tournaments in the middle of the season. Things get really wacky. So, uh, but shout out to Ivory Coast to, for winning uh, Afcon and hooray Qatar, I guess, even though not the not the most enticing final or quality of opposition that they had to play in the final. MLS is back. Actually came back last night as of this recording with uh, Messi and friends beating Ralph Salt Lake. Um, anything that you're looking forward to for this season? Uh, any thoughts about the new kits? Because there's a lot of new kits for all the teams and there's some great ones and some not great ones. Um, also, I'm going to remind you to check your Apple and make sure that it does an auto-renew season pass after the little code I gave you last year. I don't think it will. But I just want to remind you of that right now. And I don't have a free code for you this year. I'm sorry. That's but anyway. a good reminder. But anyway, uh, thoughts on MLS now that it's back? I'm ready for FC Dallas to bring home a cup or a community cup. U.S. Open Cup, if they play it. If anybody yes. plays it. So stupid. That's so stupid, by the way, that no MLS team is going to play. Ugh. I'm just want to, I want a trophy. That's all I want. I want Jesus Ferreira to go to Real Madrid or... Somebody for like three hundred million, and we bring every single European legend and win everything and start a dynasty. All right, that's it's pretty ambitious, I would say. It is very ambitious, but we have the Chiefs owner, we have the Hunt family owning the team, so and now they're actually they, willing to spend money, which they haven't been before. So I know, build a new stadium, please, and thank you. Or just put a lid on it, honestly. Or just build a second level. Literally just build a second level. I know. Whatever. Kit-wise, real quick, so funny that Columbus literally has a Charlie Brown-looking shirt. It's just absolutely funny to me. I loved Minnesota's. Big fan of that. I really like Austin's new kit. The little like cream and green with the minimalist logo. Big fan of that. I like Seattle's. I don't like Seattle, but I like Seattle's I kids. I love Seattle's, and I don't like Seattle. A couple other great ones, too. Uh, LAFC's was cool. I like theirs. Orlando City's is great. First of all, I guess this is an unpopular opinion, but the Dynamo kit sucks. And since when is their secondary color purple? It looks good with orange, I will say. It does, but it, that's not their secondary color. Since when? I don't know, man. It's an away jersey. I mean... Look at Liverpool's away jersey this year. Yeah, My, the, the Grimace Shakes. No, the Minecraft. The Minecraft is the away jersey. Oh, the the Grimace Shake is the alternate. But, you know, green and green and white. I mean, white is one of our colors, but green is not one of our colors, right? Yeah, it is. It's literally in y'all's home kit. Don't y'all have a green trim on y'all's kit? No, not this year. It's more like a teal, anyway. Close enough. A few years ago. Our away, our away kit is that baby bluish color but that was one of our old jerseys that's homage from past season like the 90s or right. something yeah i don't know i don't like the purple on houston sorry i don't like miami's at all it's so so if basic any color besides pink it would absolutely suck it's just like why do we have the logo in the middle it's so minimalistic 
I actually like that shade of pink better. It looks better on all of them than last year's. Last year's was a little bit too light. The darker pink definitely helps a little bit. Charlotte's is really good too. Um, the the Blue Ridge Mountains or whatever they're called is really so, strong. I know you liked FC Dallas's kit. I also really liked FC Dallas's kit. I, although I know a lot of people don't like their kit, which is odd. I really like Vancouver's. Vancouver's is sick. It's so clean. It's navy blue and gold, and it's sick. I love it. That's all. That's all my thoughts. Yeah, the, I, I kind of like Cincinnati's too. I like the trim. The trim of the jersey looks sick. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I like that kit. Nashville's looks like literally a Tigres jersey. <laughs> Straight up. I, know, I saw that. I actually like San Jose's too. I like the logo on that one as well. Enough about that. Enough about kits. Um, actually, I'm excited about MLS this year because I, I am interested to see how things kind of shape up in the midst of all the all the messy stuff and how the, the league continues to progress and all that. So should be a pretty fun season. So Apple TV or Apple Season Pass or whatever it's called, if you don't know where to watch that league. All right, hit around. Shout out Tim Anderson for finally signing a deal. <laughs> for $5 million. I literally have the most perfect comp for you people out there. He is literally... The Dennis Schroeder of the MLB. He had a chance to make a lot of money, and he waited out. Boom, $5 million instead of what the White Sox could have paid him. I think it's a good move, though. Can you name Can you name their shortstop before? No. That's what I thought. No. It's a good move. You want to hear uh, Grant Williams' uh, stat line for tonight? I don't want to talk about him. I don't even want to give him the time of day. I don't either, but he scored 24 points on 6 of 11 from 3. And they won again, which is just... Odd. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. He's a clown. You're, you, you stop pulling a grant. Stop yapping. We're better without him anyway. We just beat the Suns. We're said. fine. We're fine. What else? Yeah, you got? we are serious title contenders. That's what. That was my next one. So oh, that was enough. a good lead into it. Uh, shout out Immaculate Grid. Please sponsor the pod. Honestly, that would be great. I would love that so much. I've been playing for. A long time, and I still suck, but you know what? Thank you for adding soccer on there, yes, too. big fans. But please make them a little bit easier, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I look like back I at saw, I saw one a couple weeks ago, and like, no offense. Like, I don't know much about women's footy at all. I know some, but do I know somebody from Austria in the women's leagues? No, I do not. All I know is David Alaba, and that's it for Austria. Yeah, literally, that's it. That's literally it. So please make the countries easier. That's my only thing. Shout out Immaculate Grid. Do you have anything on the head around? I've got a couple things. I'm surprised you haven't brought up the Fanatics Nike jersey saga with baseball. I think that everyone's seen it, and I think everyone has the same opinion. It sucks. It's going to change. It really is. It's not going to change, I don't think, in time for you know us Ranger fans who are mm-hmm. ready to buy the gold trim jerseys uh, here in a couple of weeks when those come out, but whatever, I guess. Shout out Creighton. Yeah. Creighton basketball. Good shout, Good shout actually. Well, one of, my, one of my friends grew up in Gretna, which is right outside. It's like 10 minutes away from the university. Yeah, go Creighton. 
Ooh, UConn. Kemba is literally your best player ever, so stop. The man who also scored 90 points in China this week or wherever he's playing now. Yeah. Anti-shout-out, Iowa women's basketball. They lost. Tonight? To Indiana. That's not surprising. Indiana's good. Indiana's good. 86 to 69. That's not surprising. It really isn't. I know. I don't think Iowa's going to be in the title game like how they were last year, to be honest with you. This is like a retro shout out because I don't remember talking about it, but retro shout out, Leon Bridges. This uniform that the Mavs are wearing is sick. I honestly did not like it at first, but I'm with you. Yes. No, it's, I, I, my opinion has 180 completely. It looks awesome. I'm not going to buy it yet, but I'm going to buy it at some point. I love the font. The court looks good too. I have not seen the court. I haven't been to a Mavs game this year. That's what sucks. You want to go to, uh, I'm thinking about going next week to Los Mavs. You want to go to Los Mavs with me? Okay. Free tacos. Um, I was trying to say win in Spanish. But, <laughs> you know. Cuando? That's what I thought. I was about to go, qual, but that's not right. <laughs> so I just saved myself the embarrassment. Uh, talk about that off air. Shout out Allen Iverson. For saying, oh. that, for saying that Luka Doncic plays like a black guy, which is... I know what he means. He plays bully ball. He does. It makes sense. He, he explained it, it decently well. I get what he's trying to say because he said, and I quote, his style is kind of like a mix of street ball. He does. He plays with that like shim sham, get to the hole. Yeah. 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 I get what he's trying to say, but it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like just out of context is like, what? Like, what do you mean by that? But it's pretty funny. This is probably the only time you'll hear me shout this person out. Shout out Zion Williamson. Um, He had a shot today and told Dylan Brooks he's too small. Oh, good. Everybody should tell Dylan Brooks that he's too small. That's what I'm saying. Oh, also, probably biggest shout out of the night. Shout out Jordan Poole for getting benched. Yeah, that was funny as heck. I can't lie to you. Yeah. What in the world? That was funny. Shout out Sabrina and Steph for putting on a nice little show last weekend at the three-point thing that they did. That was really cool. And I think my last shout out is our stars for despite, you know, this week being kind of crappy. Things are looking good. But I do expect us to make a trade for another defenseman before the deadline is over. I think we really need somebody else in our top four. I also have a shout out. We don't have to go too far into it. Just from this perspective, I will shout it out. Shout out the Chiefs for signing Matareza. <laughs> Not like, no, 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 hear me out, hear me out. Because, like, I don't know what your opinion is on the matter. I, I but generally have no I opinion. think it's respectable because nothing was proven that he got his opportunity back. Not necessarily that the whole situation happened, but I just think it's cool that he's getting his opportunity since there is nothing that was proven against him. That's how I'm not going to go into it because it's a long, you can say one thing or the other, but I just think that it's cool that he has his opportunity back. He's getting his life back together, good or bad, you know, with the situation and just moving forward. I hear, I I hear what you're trying to say. I have no further comment on that situation, mainly because I don't know too much about it because I barely remember it. But also I, I told you what I told you earlier over text. I was making a bit over that. I genuinely have no, Real opinion. It is what it is. Yeah. It, like I said, I don't want to get into it. Because yeah. it's, it's overdone. People change. Whatever. Stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shout out spring training. Um, hype. 
The hats are sick. Shout Some out. of them are. New Era. New Era's came out with some good stuff. The spring training hats are sick. The BP hats are sick. Most of them are. In Fuego. The Phillies one. I love the the one with the Fanatic on it. Big fan. The Rangers one looks great. The Oakland one looks great. A lot of good ones there. Shout out, potentially, this is what's rumored. Apparently, I think the Vegas mayor or somebody said that the Athletics are just better off staying in Oakland. Yeah, that whole thing is Dude, odd. you got an, a stadium approved in the Strip, which would be so cool, and you just ruin it. You You ruined it, blood. You ruined it. But yeah, I'm ending on baseball. And I'm ending on nothing because I have nothing else to provide. Well, we went a little longer than I thought, but that's okay. Especially once I trim it down, it'll hopefully not be that long. So. And our technical issues as yes, well. Yes, listener, but. we had some technical difficulties at the start of the episode, so that kind of plays into a little bit. But EPL Talk 25 or whatever many we've done. That's great. That's 25. Here's to a great Carabao final on Sunday. Thanks for being here, listeners. You guys are the best. Uh, if you like what you heard, please go and subscribe if you haven't already on whatever medium you're listening to right now, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google. And don't forget to rate and review the show on those places as well. And if there's something that you do not like, which is probably something I said, please let me know. Leave it in the show notes. We'll read it. We'll get back to you. And we appreciate the feedback. Please don't cancel us if we say anything absolutely horrendous. If you have not already, follow us on Instagram at Dennis Friends Pod. Email us, Dennis Friends Pod at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, anything like that. Don't forget to follow the both of us on social media. Handles in the show notes. Tons of other links in the show notes. Don't forget to follow me and my boys at La U Times. My Tigres buddies. Uh, we're pumping out a lot of content this year, which I'm really excited about. Check out new episodes. We've got a new link tree up. We're going to get the blogging and stuff so a lot of cool things happening over there if you haven't checked that out already listener i genuinely don't know what the next episode will be when it will be or what it will be about but i'm sure it'll be a really good one so enjoy this one uh, until next time be good and do good mr clayton finish this out texas rangers back-to-back world series champions calling it right now Go loop.